Hello and thank you for listening to episode 535 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our interview shows. And this one is coming hot on the heels of the interview show that I released just yesterday with Michael Jai White and his wife Gillian White. And in this one, I chat with Jeff Pilson about the upcoming The End Machine album, The Quantum Phase, which is set for release on March the 8th via Frontiers Music. If you listen to my Sound Check em Out shows, you'll know that Frontiers is a label that I mention quite often. And of course, I've got Jeff Pilson on the show. How can I not talk about things like Dokken, about Foreigner, about George Lynch, about many more? I could have talked to Jeff for hours and hours and hours. I've been a fan for such a long time that it was great spending some time with him. And just like the interview show with Michael Jai White and Gillian, this one is also available on our YouTube channel, so you can go and watch too. And like I said, again, on the previous uh, interview show, if you would like to subscribe there, as well as our audio shows, that would be very much appreciated. Thank you. So, enough of me waffling on with the intro. Once again, please sit back, relax and get comfortable as I have a little chat with Jeff Pilson. Jeff, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. I have been looking forward to having a chat with you all week. Well, so my pleasure. Thank you. I've got to start as well by wishing you a belated birthday from last week as well. So a belated <laughs> happy <Thank> birthday. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, I just keep getting older. <laughs> oh, as, as we all do, unfortunately, Jeff. Yeah. I was thinking earlier, yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a coincidence because it was around this time last year, I was chatting to a guy whose birthday it was, a guy who you know very well, and it was his second time on the show, Robin McCauley. I was talking to him. I was going to guess Robin McCauley because I know his birthday. <laughs> his birthday was Monday, actually. So yeah, yeah. Or no, no, no. His birthday was Saturday. Saturday That's it. Really? Saturday. It's like a day. Is it a day after it's yours? day after mine. That's day it. after mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he had, he had a big birthday, shall we say, last year. And he was saying yeah, yeah. he didn't really want to celebrate yeah. it. But also, it's so good that as, you know, as we're all getting older, I mean, I love it as a fan of, of you, of course, and of Robin, that, you know, musicians that I grew up with are still knocking out of the park with with music and you know we're we're going to get on to into all sorts of course going to jump jump across the timeline um but as we go into the end machine obviously i want to talk about that because i love the new single and there's a few things i want to oh. pick, pick your brains well, about if that's okay. well thank you sure um but while i've got you because i've been a fan of you i'll tell you that you first came into my musical life it was the summer of 86 i was visiting <clears> a friend um he lived in canada at the time he'd emigrated there all over, sure. all over MTV was Dokken. It's not love. The video for it. It's the, sure. it's the first time I'd heard Dokken, oh, and that was it. I was a massive Dokken fan then, and um, oh, wow. cool. and without a, word, without a word of a lie, Jeff, it's not love, which you co-wrote as well. It's not just my all-time favorite Dokken song. It's one of my all-time favorite songs ever. So thank you for that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. It's actually one of my favorite Dawkins songs too. So. Is, cool. Oh, that, that's brilliant. What do cool. you think? I mean, it, here's me, a guy in, you know, the hills of Wales. And I listened to it again the other day, um, obviously knowing that I was going to chat with you, but I don't need any excuse to ever listen to, to any Dawkins song anyway, but I put that one on. Oh, and it still makes me feel so good. I mean, do you ever think at any point, you know, you're, you're co-writing the song you're performing the song you know you've done it on the record you've done it live 
all these years later, it's still having such a positive effect on people around the world, you know, me included, who's just going, this is amazing. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think any of us would have predicted that 40 years later, it'd be still strong. I don't, I just don't think we predicted it. Although that's always the goal. You're always mm -hmm. trying to write time music. You want to write the greatest music you can. Um, but then certainly in the early 90s, when that music became so unhip, you know, I think we all kind of thought, okay, it's going to go away, you know. Um, the fact that it has a life of its own and that it's carried on, I think it's a testament to, yeah, I mean, certainly Dawkins had a sound and a mm -hmm. chemistry, a unique chemistry with all four of us um, that made special music. And I really appreciate, I don't know if we appreciated it at the time as much as we should have. Um, I think that goes, that probably goes for everyone. I mean, I think mm -hmm. most bands didn't appreciate, you know, that are great, didn't appreciate themselves enough at the time, uh, the chemistry that they had. Um, but I look back on it and when I reflect on it, I do, I remember how hard we worked and I remember we, we, you know, we didn't settle. We, we definitely, you know, we pushed to make things great. And, uh, you know, there was, we were, we were very conscientious about the songs. And mm -hmm. I think that conscientiousness of the songs is what led to them being as great as they were and gave it the timeless effect that allows it for 40 years, years later that we're talking about it. That's it. I mean, I didn't even wait until I got home to buy the Under Lock and Key album. I bought it while I was still in Canada and then I brought oh, it back great. here. And then, wow. yeah, I was addicted. I mean, though, I mean, that and, and I mean, everything Dokken does, I really, really look back for the attack is like another, these albums that I still play constantly and just oh, have, because wow. I'm sure, you know, I'm preaching to the converted with, you know, music is the main thing for, for changing you emotionally. It can really affect your emotions. And I found, you yeah. know, Dokken music is, if you want to feel up, if you want to feel good, put Dokken on. That's, a, that's always good. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's great. Thank you. Can you tell me about the music video? Because I've got to ask you, because that was my introduction to, to you, was the, the video right. for It's Not Love, where you're, you're on the back of the truck and, you, and you're driving along. What are your memories of that day and making that video? Well, my memories of that day are pretty funny <laughs> because it was, a, it was actually really fun. Uh, and especially when we ended up at the rainbow at night and, you know, we were kind of playing it by ear, just driving around and it was, it was really cool. But the funny thing is, uh, I had, we had gotten back from Europe about a month earlier and I had at the end of our European tour, I had contracted this really bad, st I got a stomach parasite, <laughs> no. which was still affecting me even by the time we did that video. And I just remember that the that in order to do the video we had to hire a porta potty to travel with us so there was like a traveling porta potty following us for me to use in between takes because I was still in such bad shape with the stomach virus uh, or the parasite that was in me so my my memories are probably a little different than everyone else's <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you did so well then to to get through that video because you, you were shooting it all day then you must have done quite a few runs along that road then because it goes starts in the day oh, and yeah. you can see it then goes into nighttime yeah no 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 we spent all day and night you know traveling around playing cranking cranking the song uh which again was really fun but uh yeah, for me, it was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said you ended at the Rainbow. Did you then play a gig at the Rainbow that night? No, but we 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 were playing in front of the Rainbow. You know, we were, you yeah. know, I mean, it's playback of the song, yeah, of course. Yeah. But um, 
it felt like a gig and you know the people coming out and everything it felt like a gig it was really cool so different to if you did that these days because all you'd see now would just be a sea of people with the smartphones <laughs> filming you as you yeah. go past where it's yeah, there right. it's everybody just taking it in and you know they must have such great memories of everybody that saw you drive past that day i i bet they i bet they did have a lot of fun i bet it was it was interesting i was i was watching a few documentaries a few documentaries i was watching a few interviews with you and um just keeping on the subject of music videos and when you on one of them you were talking about the dream warriors uh making the music video for that and how cold it was you know you're going from the outdoors in la doing it's not love it must have been hot and then how bloody cold it was doing the, the dream warriors one i mean what's it like for you doing music videos because i know when i was talking to robin and i know with ronnie atkins especially as well he hated making the music videos. What's your opinion of when it comes to that side of it for I, promo? I didn't hate them. They, they were tedious. I mean, you know, there's a lot of sitting around when you're doing a video. Um, but I didn't hate them by any means. Um, and I enjoyed I, I enjoyed doing it. it. Like I say, there's just a lot of sitting around and waiting. Um, and that gets old. Um, and, you know, you know, getting the lighting set and all that kind of stuff. It, it can get it can get very tedious. But overall, I mean, I considered it just part of our job, you know, and, and, and something that I, you know, so I, I tried to enjoy it as much as I could, and I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. Because like I said, we're going to jump all across your timeline because, you know, the video for Silent Winter from the End Machine, great video. And you're out, I mean, you're out, is that just outside of, of LA? Is that in yeah. Like yeah, that was, that was in the desert outside of LA. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we shot, we shot the video there and it was, it was actually really fun. And that was, that was the first day I actually met Girish in person, wow. which was amazing. Yeah. Cause, cause he had done all his vocals from India. Um, so that was, that was a great thing. I loved that. And, and so my memories of that video are very positive, even though I was getting ready to, I was going to be going into surgery a week after we did those videos. Um, uh, so I was in bad shape in and pain wise, but, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but I had great memories of the video and it was, it was so much fun. And, and it was great to get together because wow, it really felt like a band when we did it. And that's a cool feeling. I, you know, I live for that feeling. Oh yeah. And I mean, I am so pleased that you've got him as a vocalist as well. Cause wow. I played on the show yeah, well, when, you know, when Girish and, and the Chronicles, when their first album and we were sent an mm -hmm. advanced copy of that. And I was like, this is so good. And what a yeah, voice. Yeah. And then, of course, what a voice. yeah, when I see that he's, you know, he's hooked up with you and I see the first single, I was like blown away. So you must be really excited as well with this next stage for the end machine. I really am because, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a bit of a risk trying somebody new. Mm. Uh, but man, did he ever come through both in the writing and the singing. And um I just feel like we could do anything. It feels like a super band, you know, it feels like super band, you know, like we really have a lot of, a lot of potential. So yes, I'm very excited for what could happen with the M machine. Uh, you know, it's, it's like I say, it's an open book of, of possibilities and you know, there's nothing better for an artist than to feel like that. Oh yeah. You know, to have the, you know, the new input and to, like, you know, to be excited, like you said, to, you know, this, it must yeah. be so good. And you said that was the first time that you met him. So how long did you get to spend together? You know, obviously it was longer than that shoot. Did you manage to have a few days together or how long was no, it? No, no, just, know? just the days of shooting. Yeah. 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 But oh. that was great. It was, it was, it was great. 
What is, is there any plans already? It might be a bit early in the day, you know, for, for touring with the end machine. Cause you're so busy. You've got so many projects on that. I do want to touch on as right. well, but what are the, any touring plans or is it the, just well, the album so far? Whenever I'm asked about the touring thing, I always first like to clear up that logistically it's really hard to pull mm -hmm. these things off. It really is. Um, uh, and, and it can be very expensive yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and just lit logistically, like I say, very difficult, especially Garish lives in India. Yeah. Um, but having said that, um, this is my last year of nine months of the year on the road with Foreigner. Yeah. You know, 2024, it's going to be the end of that. That, you know, we have a big year this year. So this year, I, I couldn't see the M Machine doing anything live. Mm -hmm. um, but in 2025, my schedule will open up a bit. George is doing his last lynch mob big touring year this year in 24. So his schedule may open up a bit in 25. Um, so maybe there's a potential there because of our time. Mm -hmm. I think Garish is get only getting more busy though, because the more people are hearing him, the more he's wanted, of course. Yeah. Um, but like I say, my schedule and George's are probably going to be a little bit lighter in 2025. So there's a possibility there. Um, but again, it's logistically, it's a real difficult thing. So the desire is there to do it because I know how great this band would be live. It would just <laughs> yeah. be sensational live. Um, so there's the desire there, but uh, logistically it's difficult. So there you go. I mean, that, that, that's the honest answer. <laughs> And you've worked with George for so many years across so many projects as well. I mean, you must have such a great working relationship to to continue to this day we, to do all these projects. Of course we do. We have an incredible chemistry. Uh, we kind of never lets us down. Um, we just, you know, we have a we have a no egos, no bullshit relationship that's just, you know, it's uh, it's real strong mm -hmm. and. We love working together. We always enjoy it. We always have a great time. Um, and I mean, it's, 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 you know, listen, it's been really good to us. <laughs> 40 years of chemistry has been very good to us. So we love, you know, any, anything we can, anytime we can work together, we, we tend to want to do it. Um, uh, and it's something I don't take for granted, but I sure am glad it's there. Oh, yeah, good. You know, and us as fans are sure, sure glad that it's there as well and that you continue to yeah. work in together. It was interesting as well, you know, you were saying with the, with the no ego side of it, you know, is that something that that's one of the few advantages maybe of getting older? Because I've talked to musicians and that in the past and it's especially with the 80s, you know, everything seemed to be big back in the 80s, egos included. You think getting older mm -hmm. is just that kind of stuff just doesn't matter as much and the friendship and the, and the creative side of it is makes more sense to everybody of course of course what is it that you like about being the best about being the musician that you prefer the writing the songs do you prefer being out on the stage or what is your favorite part of this whole process um, for you well, after my, all these years my my favorite part is the recording part um and and the writing is kind of i kind of include that in that because i i love it when we write and record and it's mm -hmm. fresh and inspired. Uh, those are the moments that I think I live for. I, I, I may be, it may be a little bit of grass is greener thing because I've been on the road so much the last 20 years. Um, you know, so maybe when I get off the road full time, I'll miss it. But right now I don't feel like I will. <laughs> um, I, cause I love to perform live. Yeah. I really do. 
Um, but I've done it a lot, and I, I kind of just don't think I would miss it if I didn't do it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of my feeling, partly from getting older because the travel itself is so much more wearing on you. Um, I mean, a live show is still great, and I still get the buzz from a live mm-hmm. show. And it would probably be a real buzz to do some with maybe End Machine or Revolution mm-hmm. Saints or Black Swan. Um, uh, but I just don't know at this point if, if that's a possibility. So, so, so like I say, if you really ask me what I really love, it's the recording process and, you know, writing and recording to me is just a magical combination. And if I could spend all my time in here, I probably would. <laughs> that looks like you already look really comfortable in there, Jeff. You must spend a lot of time. Oh, I love this place. This is a pretty <laughs> magical studio right here. That's great. You mentioned Black Swan as well. Because I know when I recorded with uh, with Robin last year, a lot of people were asking about the new Black Swan album. When's there going to be a new album? When's there going to be a new album? Yeah, yeah. Am I right in saying, Jeff, that we're close to a new album being recorded? We're close to one starting because Reb is actually coming here on Sunday and we're going to spend a week together starting to write the Black, next Black Swan record. I don't think it will come out till well into 2025, mm-hmm. I don't believe. Um, because this year is going to be a tricky touring year. So getting Reb and I together is difficult because he lives in Pittsburgh. Fortunately, Robin doesn't live too terribly far away, mm-hmm. um, but he's busy too. So um, yeah. I don't know when we're going to deliver, but I know we're going to start writing it uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's great news because like you said, you, you know, you're so busy and you said this, this year you're so busy uh, with Foreigner and – can you believe it's been 20 years? You've been in the band 20 years. That has flown by. I know. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. What was it like? Can you still remember what it was like when you joined the band? Oh, I do. I do very well because we were all so excited, um, including Mick Jones. He was he was really excited to have a new band that was, you know, really, really passionate about playing. And and we did the music and we were heavier and, and you know, Mick Jones is a closet heavy metal guy. <laughs> you, gotta, you have to know that about him. It's really funny because, I mean, although he would never think of it that way, but um, when Mick Jones is given a guitar and just said, you know, and you just say, let's just jam, he plays like heavy, cool riffs <laughs> that we love to jam on. So um, it was, it was, and that was a, that was a, that was an enlightening thing for me to see that. Um, and so we were a very excited band when we started. And then when we got Kelly, it was like, wow, you know, it's, this is magic. Um, and then the excitement just continued, and it continues to this day. I mean, what we've got a great lineup right now of guys that are focused and passionate, and we all love each other. There's a real bond in there, um, and there's a passion for the vision of the music. And that makes for a real strong band mm-hmm. and a really powerful live show. Uh, that I'm extremely proud of and still passionate about to this day. So, yes, I remember what it's like, and I love where it's at now. That's really good to hear, Jeff. That is so good to hear. And you said it's the last it's the last big tour that Foreign are going to do, but it's not the end. It's not going to be the last ever live shows, but it's it's the last big tour think... that, that you're going to undertake. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, somehow we'll continue on. We just aren't going to be doing the nine months of the year on the road thing, you know, so um, which is which is great. That's mm-hmm. something I'm ready to yeah, not not do, um, but there's also some unfinished foreigner music that I would love to love to finish up and release. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm hoping in 2025 we can do that. Um, 
we'll see about shows. Uh, but uh, new music would be a real fun thing to to finish. New music would be brilliant to finish. It really would. Even though, I mean, yeah, you know as, as well as anybody, the way that the the music business has changed. You know, like I said, going back to the eighties. Well, it was the seventies when I first started buying vinyl. But back then, I mean, it was such a different thing. The way that people consume the music, you as artists, the way that music is is sold and everything, it's it's changed. Is mostly the way I see it. It's mostly for the bad because I love physical. Even though you can still buy vinyl, etc. But the, the whole music business has changed so much for you. Is there has there been any more positives than negatives for you? The the way that it stands right now. Uh, well, there are positives. I mean, the technology allows us to do some pretty incredible things. Mm -hmm. You know, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been possible in the '80s to do a record with a singer in India. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, because yeah. uh, we didn't have email where we could email ideas back and forth. You know, it was you know you had to send physical. You know, if somebody wanted to send an idea, they had to s literally <laughs> send it to you. You know, so yeah. So it, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been possible to do a record like that? So. There are definitely positives about the technology now. Um, I mean, I love the fact that I can go on Apple Music and hear pretty much anything I want to hear. Mm -hmm. That's that's an amazing thing. Um, but uh, the way music is sold now and, and the fact that it's becoming streaming so much and that streaming revenue has not been worked out for mm -hmm. artists in a fair way at all yet, that has to be done. Um, so I'm very... Uh, there are big negatives about the music business right now that I think need to be sorted out. The way that actors and writers just mm -hmm. did with, with the strike in Hollywood. Yeah. The musicians need to do the same thing. Uh, it's really not in a good place. And it's not a business model that's going to set up people wanting to make careers in music because the, mm -hmm. way, the way that streaming revenue is so poor. And pretty soon, streaming is going to be almost all of it. There, you know, CDs are going to go away. Yeah. Um, and there's probably going to be a, a closet vinyl network that'll stay on mm -hmm. for a while, for a long time. Um, but that's not going to be enough to sustain the business. And the most of, most of music will be heard, you know, with people in their earbuds on their phones and in, you know, on computers and through streaming. Mm -hmm. And when that becomes the exclusive way of sales, it's going to be hard for musicians to make a living and until they change the business model. So I'm worried about that and I'm cautious about that. And I think those negatives are really bad, mm -hmm. really bad negatives um, that may overwhelm all the positives that technology brings us. So I'm uh, I'm one of those that is skeptical, hopeful, but skeptical uh, about the business model and uh, would like to see it change and hope it changes for the better. Uh, because if it doesn't, I think we're going to see a real problem with music uh, in in the years to come. I mean, that's what I love about um, Frontiers music as well. The you know, releasing them, the physical releases that they're still doing, and yeah. the, the great way you know array of bands that they've got. It's it's perfect for people like me that it's yeah, just keep that rock music coming at me, and <laughs> we can keep buying it. So, yeah, thankfully. For yeah, well, and 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 this music does have a physical CD buying presence, which yeah. is pretty amazing and and that's the thing you know it, it takes labels like frontiers who are working to to bring this to a higher level mm -hmm. um and they're very passionate about this music so um my hope is that they're able to uh 
increase the exposure because I, you know, I believe that there's a bigger audience out there for this new music than yeah. Th th there's an audience out there that doesn't know about this music, yes. and I'm hoping people like yourself and everybody else can incre increase the exposure so that more people who would love this music know about this music. And and again, I think Frontiers is going to be critical in that process. And and like I say, journalism is is, is just as as important in that process. So let's hope we can do that. And in the process, let's hope that the business model gets sorted out so that as it becomes more streaming, um, the revenue becomes more of a fair thing. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. You know, I've been championing Frontiers music for, for a long time now because, you know, they're, they're really good. Uh, and I would, I think just to close off, um, I would encourage everybody, The End Machine, Get ready for this new album because if if that single's anything to go by, we're in for a great album, Jeff. We really are. Yeah, so well, I, forward to I, it. I really feel strong about the whole record. I'm very, very positive about it. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for people to hear it. The record's called Quantum Phase and it comes out March 8th. So, I'll be there. I'll be defi it. definitely getting that. Well, for the sake of the edit, Jeff, thank you for your time. Hopefully, you're going to get across to the UK soon. Double, hopefully, it's going to be somewhere you can get close to the North Wales and I can come and see you too. That would be cool. That would be wonderful. And you be are wonderful. always welcome on the show. I could talk to you for hours and hours and you're so busy. Please come back Thank at you. some point. Thank you so much. Been been great. And, and congratulations on North Wales because it's a great place. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. So please go and watch the music video for Silent Winter. It really is great. Great video. Awesome song. Get that pre-order in for the Quantum Phase album for when it's released on the 8th of March. And spread the word. Spread the word about the music that Jeff is doing, The End Machine. Spread the word about us. You can help by visiting the website, 60mw.co.uk. Numerical 60, not alphabetical. Everything's on there. All the links to everything that we do, all of our social medias. Uh, the link to the YouTube channel. Like I said, a quick reminder that this show is also another one that's available on our YouTube channel. And again, if you haven't subscribed on there, it would be absolutely wonderful if you did on that as well. Uh, tell your friends about us and let's help make 60MW carry on way beyond what we already are in our 10th anniversary year, 2024, 10 years going. Oh my word. And that's it for this one. We will be back again before too long with another show. So as always, thank you for listening and see you next time.